I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Remember that although this involves a quadrupling of those we've got there, uh, it's going to amount to no more than a couple of hundred. So it's a small presence. It's a presence that's there to provide training uh, and not to fight battles. Now, nonetheless, it's something that's significant and to watch out for. When approaching anything having to do with China, well, uh, as we would with any nuclear armed superpower, uh, we've got to proceed with great caution yeah. and uh, make sure that we don't needlessly provoke any sort of conflict between the two countries. No, we don't want that to happen. This is Feb 24, 2023. That is Senator Mike Lee, Republican of Utah, referring to what's also been documented by the Wall Street Journal. The Pentagon is going to send 100 to 200 U.S. troops to Taiwan over the next few months. This time a year ago, we had maybe 30 U.S. troops on Taiwan. Now, we're told that these troops going to Taiwan are just going to go there to help the Taiwan Army train. Where have we heard that before? Flashback, South Vietnam. Dateline Ukraine. General Milley, chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, says in his opinion, the Russians have failed. Their initial political objective was to seize most, if not all, of, of Ukraine and collapse that government. That failed. Uh, so they didn't achieve their political objectives that they set out to do. They didn't achieve them through military means at the beginning of the war. So they failed strategically. And operationally, they tried to seize the capital. They tried to seize all of Donbass. They tried to seize various other parts of the country. And that failed, too. The Ukrainian people, uh, if you roll the clock back, they, they've been a free and independent country since 1991. So this is a country who the vast majority of this population that's alive today in Ukraine knows nothing but freedom. Uh, and you just don't conquer countries uh, that are free. Uh, and they don't want to be occupied. So it was obvious to all of us that the Ukrainians would fight, even if they fought with sticks and stones, even if they fought with just rifles. Uh, they were going to fight. They were not going to give up. So what is the end game? No one knows. General Miller did say, I think at the end of the day, President Biden, Zelensky, and every European leader has said the same thing. This war will end at a negotiating table, but at the cost of how many lives, how many more billions of U.S. dollars. Dateline East Palestine, you knew this was coming, an Ohio-based law firm announcing a class action lawsuit against Norfolk Southern Railway over that derailment. This is going to include everyone within 30 miles of the derailment site. And one of those residents was on with Tucker Carlson last night explaining how bad this has been affecting her. It's affecting my voice at this point. Um, I sound very raspy and it's harder to breathe. And it was such a nice day today. It was 70 degrees. I walked outside and I sat down. I wish I could say I took a breath of fresh air, but that's not the case here. Right. It still smells. It smells horrible. My creek is terrible. It's just, it's, it's just like a gas chamber that we're in. A gas chamber. Pretty descriptive. President Biden still not in East Palestine. Of course, he sent Secretary of Transportation, Mayor Pete, who immediately his first thing was to criticize Trump 
saying if Trump had not deregulated some of the railroad laws, well, this wouldn't have happened. They don't know that. They're just making it up as they go along. Here's another example. President Biden now putting out word, hey, I I tweeted, I tweeted from uh, Ukraine and everything. I tweeted about what was happening in East Palestine. I was doing that. I sent out tweets. I reaffirmed my commitment to make sure they have everything they need. He said, I said, I want the residents to know I've got their back. (laughs) These guys, again, are showing just how clueless they are. By the way, I should admit that I put out a tweet, too, reference uh, Biden. Uh, Give me a moment uh, of grace here, maybe. You know the other day, Biden going up to Air Force One, stumbled again on the stairs. He stumbled again. So my tweet went out today and saying, I admit I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm feeling reckless on this Friday. Biden going up the stairs to Air Force One, stumbles again. If Led Zeppelin is right about a stairway to heaven, Biden is not going to make it. I know, shame on me, shame on me. Dayline, St. Louis. Of course, there's an effort now by the Missouri Attorney General to oust the circuit attorney, Kim Gardner. He said, I would give you till noon yesterday to resign. If you don't, we'll file action against you. Well, she said, I'm not going to go. Her reasoning is, it's not time for me to go because I was elected. And while I understand the politics will always play a role, my office will return to focusing on the important work that the people of the city of St. Louis elected me. Yeah, she had a crowd around her and they were all, yeah, yeah. Of course, this all involves a tragedy of a 17-year-old who was here with St. Louis with her family from Nashville, Tennessee, participating in a volleyball tournament. A driver speeding through an intersection hit another car, pushed it into her, and she's lost both of her legs now. That driver was under house arrest, and there's a dozen or more times that they've proven he's violated his basic settings to be out on his own recognizance. Garner said, well, we filed requests to revoke the bond three different times, but there's no record of it. And if she wants to believe everybody's still supporting her because she was elected, the St. Louis mayor has another view. I think that she needs to do some serious soul searching uh, and whether or not she wants to continue as circuit attorney for the city of St. Louis. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones criticizing St. Louis circuit attorney Kimberly Gardner. The circuit attorney who's been there for six years, this incident and others have highlighted the fact that some improvements need to be made in her office because she's lost the trust of the people. That is a clip of a report from Fox 2 News in St. Louis. It's not just this case. It's the pattern of this mayor. It's the pattern of every mayor mayor and elected official put in office by George Soros money. Missouri Attorney General says we need to do a law, order, and justice. My next guest is with the National Police Association. But we're going to focus on the St. Louis case and all crimes and defunding police across the nation. Lock and load, ready on the right. Hundreds of homeowners and businesses had or will have water main breaks. 
Wellington Environmental has a warning. You can clean up the water, but if you're not checking areas where the water leaked in the walls where you can't see it, you could end up exposing your family, your employees, your clients to hazardous mold. Wellington Environmental reminds you, if that mold is not detected, properly treated, removed, that is a risk, a liability you do not want. Wellington clients, including hospitals and schools, trust Wellington to make their environments safe. Call 314-644-4930-644-4930. Triple-A rating with the Better Business Bureau. 314-644-4930. Wellington Environmental. Your world. Cleaner. Better. Safer. Be well with Wellington. You can text Larry right now at Larry Connors USA Facebook. Larry Connors USA Facebook. One, two, three, they're going to run back to me. They always want to come, but they never want to leave. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Welcome back. My guest is a 29-year veteran of serving in the Chicago suburb areas as a police officer. Started as a police dispatcher at age 17. Obviously had a passion to be in law enforcement. And now serving as a spokesman for the National Police Association, uh, Betsy Brantner-Smith, uh, Left the forces, Sergeant, so we'll call her Sergeant Smith again. Glad to have you on board. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Always love to talk to you. Well, I'll tell you what, before we get into defunding police and how it's been changing across the face of the nation and what it means to the officers, uh, we were discussing a case that's underway in St. Louis where the Missouri Attorney General has filed to oust the district attorney of St. Louis, because a man who had been uh, on basically a monitor and had violated it 30-plus times, still out on the street, then causes a wreck, and uh, a young girl visiting St. Louis loses both legs. The point being here is that the district attorney is one of those funded by George Soros. And what mm-hmm. is your view of the National Police Association of George Soros when he brings his dollars in on campaigns for district attorneys? Well, I think you can look at what Kim Gardner has done to the St. Louis area there. I train uh, fairly regularly at the St. Louis uh, Police Academy there, at the uh, the county police academy. And, uh, when you, you know, uh, you know, of course, St. Louis just lost their, uh, crown as the homicide capital of the world or the country, I should say, to, uh, New Orleans. But when you've got a George Soros installed, um, DA like Kim Gardner, like we had in Cook County, Illinois, like there is in Seattle and Portland. And of course, we have George Gaston in, in, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, Kim, uh, um, Lord Mayor Kim Lord Fox Lord, in Chicago, yeah, right. you know, 
So sure, these and this is what George Soros and his open society want. They want to create chaos. They want the police defunded. They want these woke DAs. I mean, look at Larry Krasner in Philadelphia and look what's happening there. Um, so yeah, the National Police Association stands strong against any bringing any sort of woke policies into the criminal justice system. And I would encourage people to go to our website, nationalpolice.org, and take a look at uh, our wall of shame and uh, um, look at the judges and the prosecutors there um, that allow criminals to, to commit crimes unfettered. We've got to stop like, with this pro-criminal justice system. Let me, let me ask you, you said a moment ago that Soros wants his chaos. He wants it to, why? Well, because when, understand that when people are afraid, they're not free. And he wants to create chaos in this, in our American society so that the, the progressives can come in and look as though they are taking control of the criminals, which they won't be. No, the criminals, are, the, criminals you know. are, the criminals are the victims in their mind. I, before we continue down some of the other stats and everything, I want your reaction to Mayor Eric Adams, New York City, just yesterday was talking about, or maybe the day before, talking about how our crime rate is so much better than the state of Florida, pointing out that we have 8.5 million residents in our city, and our crime rate is about 5.4 for 100,000. And the state of Florida is maybe seven per 100,000. Now, he's breaking into 100,000, but Florida has 21 million residents. <laughs> so does that make sense to you to say, well, New York City is safer than the state of Florida? No, and as a matter of fact, the state of Florida right now has the lowest crime rate that they have had in 50 years. You know, here's the problem is Eric Adams is mad because just the same way Lori Lightfoot's mad um, because uh, Ron DeSantis has been on this pro-police right. media and speaking tour and they're angry about it. Eric Adams, Eric Adams has been such a disappointment, quite frankly, you I know, agree. he was a police officer and we had hopes that he was going to do everything he could to support the NYPD and to support Support, um, the citizens of New York City to get so, that crime rate reduced. So and he what, are, what, what are you hearing from the officers on the beat in New York City? Oh, gosh, I have lots of friends on the NYPD. Um, they're incredibly frustrated, and that's one of the reasons that Eric Adams has got to slam Florida is because a lot of his police officers are leaving <laughs> NYPD, and they're going to Florida where, yes, they get less pay, but they can own nicer homes, their families go to good schools, and they don't have to worry about being constantly victimized. You know, I, Again, I train a lot in Florida, and the cops down there, uh, they're pretty happy. They've gotten bonuses. They get governmental uh, support from leadership there, you know, far beyond DeSantis. It's a great place to be a cop. And Eric Adams knows he's losing cops so let me to get into, places like Florida. Again, we're listening to Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith, retired from the police now, but heads up in a spokeswoman, I should say, for the National Police Association. And I want to tell you now, before we get wrapped up and get too tight to say it you can be reached by your personal website 
femaleforce.com or forces, femaleforces.com. Now, uh, yeah. is that correct? It is, it is, but I would encourage people to go to nationalpolice.org and see everything that we do. All right, very good. Now, uh, political fact was pointing out the other day about cities reversing course on defunding police. I'm a native Texan, born in Austin, and I am disheartened mm-hmm. to no end to watch my state and certain segments, especially Austin, go not just purple but blue, and this was pointed out in political fact. Uh, officials cut about one-third of the police department's fiscal 21 budget, but by fiscal 2022, the city budget included a record $442 million for police. Funding increased even more this year. What, did they wake up or what? <laughs> well, as you've seen what's happening in Austin. Remember Austin? A lot of people don't know that Austin was really the, the first police department that got truly defunded yeah. after the death of George Floyd. And what has happened in Austin since is a disaster. And they, you know, they had ter- terrible riots there after the death of George Floyd that they were really not prepared for. Um, and now just in this last weekend, they have, they had these street racers, they had riots. We've got, we had a cop get hurt and what's happening. And again, this goes back to those woke DAs. You've got a DA in Travis County who wants to spend more time indicting police officers yes. um, than he does really paying attention to what's happening in the city of Austin. And I think the city of Austin is getting tired of it. I, I'm, I certainly hope so. But of course it's not just the DAs. It's he's funding some of the, leftist uh, politicians that will be in position mm-hmm. to take the votes and to either fund or defund. But after you said, after they began to see, and I've said before, I think it's about time the woke be put to sleep. But with, with that in mind, I'm looking at a piece here that how it's been going in Seattle, and the mayor is now pushing for increased police presence. He said we need immediate action, innovation, respond to our public safety, Seattle saw a 4% rise in crime last year. We need more officers to address our staffing crisis. Every city, as you said, has already had a shorting, a shortening uh, of numbers of officers to come in. And then when you are getting them, uh, they're not the best qualified, but you have to take them. You need the bodies. Well, that's the problem. We do have a recruiting and a retention crisis in law enforcement. And when you look at Seattle, you know, if you're an adult victim of a sex crime right now, there's a good chance there's not going to be a detective available to be assigned. And, you know, they're trying to refund their police department in Seattle, but they just had to spend $3.6 million to give it to the business owners in the Chop Chaz uh, zone, you know, if you recall that post-George yeah, Floyd. Right. Um, you know, because those folks lost so much money. Many of them lost their businesses. The city had to pay for that. So they're in a world of hurt in Seattle as they are in other uh, Democrat-run cities around the nation. And to that point again, I mean, I, I back the blue. I mean, there are... If you're going to put on that badge, you're making yourself an automatic target nowadays. Man, woman, I don't care if you're gender. I don't care about your, and there are only two genders, but I don't, and I don't care about your sexual preference, your color, or anything else, if you're there for law enforcement. But their morale has been so bad, I've heard officers say, and then reference one in Chicago, that normally if I see a guy with a gun hanging out of his waist, I'd chase him down and take it. So down. now I just walk away. Why do I want to get involved when I might end up being put in the court and under charges? 
Well, and you're absolutely right. And that's one of the things we're seeing. We, I was just in the city of Chicago yesterday and, and, you know, they keep having more and more restrictive policies. Oh, police can't pursue, you know, in, on a via, in a vehicle, they can't foot pursue all these things. And unfortunately it's the citizens of the city of Chicago who are paying the price. And a lot of them are paying with their lives. And most of them are the most vulnerable areas to begin with. So it's not, it's not helping the people that Soros claims they are. The other, the other point being in the sense that these officers, even if they do their very best job, it's an instantaneous decision. You train officers, you had 30 plus years in the force, you know it's a split second decision. But there is that, that common saying that I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And, and that's what goes through every police officer's mind when they are forced to, um, you know, use deadly force against somebody. So what do you think about the idea that someone said, well, you, you don't have to carry your gun all the time, leave in the car, because in many cases you never use it anyway. And then maybe we should just send social workers into domestic dispute cases. I mean, they're just a domestic dispute. <laughs> you know how those escalate. Well, well, and that, you know, a domestic dispute is one of the most dangerous calls that a police officer can go to. And you can go to the uh, wall in D.C. and you can see all the police officers' names there, uh, you know, who died in the line of duty who were just going to a domestic. Look, we love police social workers. It's a, you know, I have been working with police social workers since 1980. It's a fantastic program, but you can't send unarmed social workers into situations to get slaughtered. You know what would be the perfect patrol vehicle? Would be a police officer and a social worker in every single patrol vehicle in this nation. But nobody wants to pay for that. No. Because, you know, and, and so nobody thinks about that when they say, oh, let's just send social workers. What they're trying to do is disarm American law enforcement and allow, again, allow the criminals to run the streets. But the American public's not going to put up with it. I don't think so either. I want to thank you very much for your time, Sergeant Betsy Bratton or Smith, National Police Association.org. We will do it again. I certainly appreciate not only your remarks, but your enthusiasm and your passion. It shows. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Ackerman Toyota wishing you a great 2023. But. Jay Ackerman knows that times are tough for some. So Jay has a mission to help charities that truly make a difference. Food banks, veterans groups, charities battling cancer, head injuries. Jay wants to give back to the community. So I personally ask you to consider his mission when you're shopping for a car. AckermanToyota.com. Ackerman Toyota at Hampton and Interstate 44. Ackerman Toyota for life. There is a great story about how John Beale Roofing got started. I encourage you to read it at their website, johnbealroofing.com. That 1947 story leads to three generations of the Beale family repairing, replacing roofs on homes and businesses. Read the story at johnbealroofing.com. And when you need roofing help, support my sponsor, John Beale. Call 1-800-NEW-ROOF, one 800 New roof. Never would have hitchhiked to Birmingham if it hadn't been for love. Never would have called the train to Louisiana if it hadn't been for love. Never would have run through the blinding rain without one 
dollar to my name if it hadn't been, if it hadn't been for love. Never would have seen the trouble that I'm in if it hadn't been for love. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Do you know the name Marianne Williamson? You remember that name? Well, she ran for president previously in 2020. Long shot presidential run before dropping out. She is going to run again. She's confirming she will run again. She is an author, calls herself a spiritual thought leader. She said, I wouldn't be running for president if I didn't believe I could contribute to harnessing the collective sensibility that I feel is our greatest hope at this time. She also did an interview with a university, and she said, how can you claim to be a champion of democracy when your own process is so undemocratic? She's going to run as a Democrat, and she's targeting with that remark the Democrat National Committee deciding to put South Carolina as the first state in the lineup instead of Iowa. And, of course, President Joe Biden and cohorts are credited for changing that lineup. So here comes Mary Ann. We'll see how long she lasts this time. House Oversight Chair James Comer, Republican of Kentucky, he's launching a probe into reports of taxpayer dollars administered by the State Department, your tax dollars, were granted to the Global Disinformation Index. What is that? The GDI? Well, it's an organization that seeks to demonize any conservatives. GDI has apparently received almost $330,000 recently in taxpayer funds from the State Department. They're significant because it maintains a media blacklist known as the Dynamic Exclusion List, reportedly flagging 39 conservative news outlets as false misleading. And, of course, then that list is used to, by the establishment and others to discredit any conservative news organization, reduce their ad revenue, deplatform them. On the list, obviously, Breitbart News, The Blaze, The Washington Times, Judicial Watch, Real Clear Politics, The Daily Wire, Larry Connors. Oh, no, I'm not on it. I'm not on it. Thank God I'm not on it so far. So far, when in a letter to the Secretary of State, Congressman Comer said, I want documents and I want a briefing on the scope of what you're doing. He said, my committee is disturbed by recent reporting that taxpayer money ends up in the hands of a foreign organization running an advertising blacklist of organizations accused of hosting disinformation on their websites. Then he adds, and this should be emphasized over and over again. Drill it into the heads of the leftists. No no luck there, because when you get in there, you're not going to find a brain. You're going to find mush already. But Congressman Comer stated, the federal government should not be censoring free speech, period. I added the period. He continued saying, nor policing what news outlets Americans choose to consume. And taxpayer funds should never be given to third parties with the intent that they be used to censor lawful speech or abridge the freedom of press. GDI. Global Disinformation Index, 
GDI. What's that sound like? An intestinal disease, doesn't it? I think pretty much that's what this is. But taxpayer money going to shut down conservative news outlets or label them as demonic and fake, and you need to avoid them. And if you're an advertiser, you better get your money out of that organization. It's not good. It's dangerous to our democracy, our republic. And there again, you have the Democrats relying on the word democracy and the Constitution only, only when it fits their need. Congressman Comer is not going to let them get a pass. That's the one thing we have now that we have control of the House. No more passes. You know, every time there is a mass shooting or any kind of shooting that involves more than one victim, you have all of the left rushing forward claiming we need to deal with this. Your prayers don't mean anything. I told you the other day and repeated it a few times since, a Michigan congressman, after the shooting at the University of Michigan, basically on his congressional letterhead, said, we don't want your effing prayers. He did that on the same day that a statement came from the White House stating from the president, Jill and I are praying for the victim. (laughs) Is he telling the president, we don't want your effing prayers too? No, if you cornered him and asked him, no, no, it wasn't meant for him, it's for all these other people that say prayers will solve this. Well, you know the saying for most is, pray all you want, but you still have to work hard. And yes, we do need to do and keep a close examination of the laws we have regarding gun control to the extent they're there, and then are they properly enforced? The problem is most of the shootings are carried out to the people that should not have even had a weapon. They get criminal records. The guy that did the shooting the other day and then was smiling about it, that shot a news reporter and then ran down the street and got into a house and shot a mother and killed her nine-year-old daughter when he's arrested and handcuffs are put on him. He's smiling. I don't know if that indicates it's a mental case or not, but the bottom line is something's not right. And then, of course, we have all these schools that gotten so tough about, you know, if they find a child even drawing a picture of a gun. And do you remember the kid that had the pastry? Uh, and was binding it in such a way to make it look like a pistol when it was over with. Remember, it was one of these uh, pastries, and he was just playing around. And he got called up before the principal and even suspended for a period of time. And then there's a case involving a Federalist contributor, Charlotte Schuler, that her child was uh, pulled aside. No, he wasn't eating a Pop-Tart and making it the shape of a gun. You know what he was doing? He was drawing a picture of a gun. 
drawing a picture of a gun and that was being held by a police officer, her 10-year-old son, drawing a picture of a police officer holding the gun and chasing a guy that had a bag of money. It's a cartoon-type thing. A kid would draw, a 10-year-old. I don't know how well you can see this on our Rumble. I'll put it up a little bit closer, but that's that's it. So if you're watching live, that's it. And her son got suspended. And she points out, look, banning my son because he doodled a gun or the child that ate a pastry and shaped it into a pistol, that's no solution to school shootings. But the twisted mind of the left says, you can't even spell the word gun. They don't say it yet, but they will. You watch. You watch. You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. Wow, already 2023, and we're getting closer to opening Napoli Sea. Unique, exquisite, focusing on the finest, freshest seafood, lobster, crab, the best caviar, with a variety of fish specials. Napoli Sea, right next door to Napoli 3 on the streets of St. Charles. Easy to satisfy your seafood craving or the finest Italian food. Napoli Sea, coming soon. Joining Napoli 3 in St. Charles, Town & Country, and Clayton. This is Larry. Larry Connors, USA. Larry Connors, USA. Every day there is something new that comes out, reference uh, the effectiveness, as we were told by the CDC and Dr. Fake, as to why you need a mask on, even on children, during the COVID trauma. And then that you've got to have the shot, and if you get the shot, you'd be protected. Well, we know that wasn't true. Did the pharmaceutical companies know that? And didn't they basically say that, I don't know if they said it or if the administration said, get the shot, you'll be safe. Well, you're not safe. You could still get it, and you could still transmit it. And then there's more reports coming out now that the mask really didn't do anything, and yet we had our children covered from their chin up above their nose, could see no facial expression, And if they were allowed to go to school, that's the way they had to go. What harm have we done to our kids because of this kind of nonsense? We will find out over the years to come. We're already seeing some evidence right now, lower test scores. And they'll say, well, it's just because they weren't actually in school. Zoom learning didn't work. No kidding. No kidding. The only thing it did do is make parents aware of some of the indoctrination that was going on with their children, not education, indoctrination. All of the woke policies. Well, Pfizer just sent a letter to Congressman Ronnie Jackson, Republican of Texas. He's, of course, a physician, a member of the subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic. He was physician to Obama and Trump. And Pfizer denies we conducted any gain-of-function research for the virus. We didn't do any gain-of-function. With their own record now, in a letter, somebody might have to testify. Remember our pledge, one nation under God. 